Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Thank you for joining us today as we gather around the Word of uh, the Lord on this Lord's Day. Uh, what what better occasion, <laughs> hallelujah, to open the Bible and open our hearts. You know, the Bible says of this seed of the Word right now, Jesus taught the parable of the, the seed and the soil. And He said, if this seed, the Word of God, falls in a good ground heart, in fertile soil, if you please, it will bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some one hundredfold. I myself, speaking for me, if I've got the choice, I want a hundredfold heart today. How about you? Amen. Well, let's get into God's Word today. If you have your Bible, please turn to the ancient book of Job, chapter 1 and verse 21. And we're going to talk about true thanksgiving. We're moving in and we are in the thanksgiving season as far as the holiday is concerned. Ah, but for a Christian, if you're a Christian today, <laughs> this is not just a gobble till you wobble holiday, although we probably will gobble till we wobble uh, in celebration of thanksgiving. But this is about something deeper and mightier than that. This this is about really knowing God enough to trust Him, even through the hard times, even through the tough, tough times, and understand, amen, that though, though we may not be able to comprehend, especially now on this side of heaven, all that is occurring and has occurred and may occur in our lives, we know one thing without any doubt, and that is that the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. God has a plan for you and me, and I believe that within that plan, He's able to take everything and work it together, weave it into the fabric of His eternal purpose for our life, and it will be good, <laughs> because He is good. Job one twenty one on the subject, true thanksgiving. For the Christian, it's an everyday thing. It's not a once a year thing. Praise God. Listen, this is how Job reacted uh, initially. He had a lot of complaining later on, but right now he's still giving God glory without question. The questions may be in his heart, but in his mouth, faith and trust is still present in Job. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Under the pressure he was under, under the suffering he was in, under the circumstance he was in, uh, lifting up the name of the Lord seemed to be the last logical thing for him to do. And yet when true faith uh, is, is alive and well in the heart, we bless the Lord. We thank God even. We don't thank Him for trouble that the devil brings, but we thank Him for the privilege and honor of knowing Him and trusting in Him and having a covenant with Him. There is so much to be thankful for even when everything seems to go south and go wrong. And I love Job's statement here, under pressure, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to make a statement here this morning. 
when we consistently lift up the name of the Lord and we ascribe unto Him faithfulness and sovereignty, no matter what happens, we extol Him and exalt His name. Amen. When we do that, someone has said this about that attitude and that kind of holy activity of faith. And that is that true thanksgiving has nothing at all to do with circumstances. Nothing at all to do with the circumstances of life, but everything to do with our vision of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. True Thanksgiving, that's the title of the sermon this morning, has nothing at all to do with the circumstances of life, but everything to do with our vision of God. Is our God faithful? Can we trust Him? Can we trust His sovereignty? Can we trust His love to not fail us? His mercies to be new every morning? Romans 8.28, very familiar verse of Scripture. It says, for we know. I want to stop right there and underscore know. This is something you have to know. And you have to know God to know this. Listen, for we know. Many have quoted it without that uh, preface. And, and listen, they, they have said, they have said, all things work together for good. No, it says, for we know. The only way it's going to help you or anyone else is if they know this, if it's settled in their heart. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Friend, we must know by faith and settle it in our hearts. Don't ever give up on God. Bless His name and praise Him anyway. I like the story about a man. I've told this before, but many of you are new listeners. It's a story of a man who advertised in the newspaper for his wife's lost cat. And he offered a $5,000 reward for the cat's return. The clerk taking the ad said to the husband, That's rather a risky thing to do. Somebody might find that cat and claim the reward. No, that won't happen, said the husband confidently. But you never know, responded the clerk, and 5000 is a lot of money for a cat. To which the husband replied calmly and matter-of-factly, When you know what you know, you can afford to be extravagant. <laughs> Amen. I accidentally ran over that cat and buried it myself. He knew that he knew. He was doing it for his wife's sake. He never did care for the cat. He didn't try to run over it. He accidentally ran over it, but his wife deeply loved it, and he was appearing to her as if he would spend any amount, an extravagant amount of money to get the cat back. But he knew that he knew that no one would ever return that cat. Friend of mine, when you know that God is good all the time, and when you know that He sits on the throne in sovereign power and authority, and that He is indeed able and faithful to cause everything in your life and mine as a Christian to work together for good. Yes, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. 
God is able to take it and weave it into the fabric of our life to achieve His eternal purpose, and it will always be good. I used to listen to Oral Roberts as a child in a galaxy far, far away, and a time long, long ago when I was growing up on the radio. And when he would come on the radio, there would be a theme song, and the theme song was this, Something good is going to happen to you today, for Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Praise God. Well, friend of mine, I want to tell you something. If you know Christ as your Savior, then God is your Father. And you're serving a Father God who loves you. And and He is a God of detail concerning your life. And if you will bless his name even in the tough times. Now I know Job wavered and he waffled and he questioned and he complained and he bellyached. And don't be too hard on him if you saw what all he went through. Amen. To question God. But when push come to shove because of what he deep in his heart where doubt could not destroy it. There was a hope and a faith in God that not only did he say, blessed be his name, when all of the calamities began to fall upon him, but even after the waffling and wavering and stammering and staggering at his his hope and faith, when push come to shove, amen, he said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him because I know. There's the knowledge, the deep, settled understanding. Amen. The most ancient book in the Bible, uh, one of the most ancient books is Job. And it he, in in Revelation, looked down through the corridors of time and saw the resurrection and saw the redeeming Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he said, you know something? I know my I know my redeemer lives. I like that I know part. Hallelujah for we know that all things work together for good. Praise God. Amen. I know my redeemer lives. And at the last day he's going to stand upon the earth. And though the skin worms eat the flesh from my bones, yet in my flesh, I'm going to see him and stand with him. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, when we as Christians know what we know about the love of God, there is no fear to life and its troubles. You know what it said in First John? It said that, 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 that fear hath torment. Fear hath tormented. It begins with we have known. There's that knowledge again. We have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. He that feareth is not perfected in love. Fear hath torment, but perfect love cast out all fear. When we know what we know about the power of God and the person of God. There's no uncertainty about the conditions and circumstances of our being. When we know what we know about the eternalness of Christ, there's no need to despair about our future. When we know what we know, there's no need, amen, for for discouragement and fear. The Christian faith gives us an alternative 
to negative, negative discouragements. It just absolutely overrules and overrides every circumstance. Hallelujah. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Christian faith gives us confidence in the outcome here and throughout eternity. Job didn't know why the trouble had befallen him. He didn't know what the immediate outcome would be. But what he did know pulled him through. I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. With faith in the final outcome and gratitude, he blesses God's name. I like what William Law said about this. He said, would you know who the greatest saint in the world is? It's not he who prays and fasts the most, nor he who gives the most. But it is he who is always thankful to God, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness, and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's trust the Lord today in this evil day, in this perilous time, in this, this time just, just, just before the coming of the Lord. Let's trust the Lord and praise Him anyhow. Be thankful unto Him and, and bless His holy name because He is worthy of our praise today. Amen. Here's kind of how this works. I like the, like some practical, personal testimonies to how God can take it all, the good, bad, and the ugly, and He can weave it in to His eternal purpose for our life. And He can bless us in spite of what looks like a, a seeming defeat. What feels like that maybe God has abandoned us. What, what may make us feel like, like our faith in Him was misplaced. And friend of mine, I want you to know nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Look with me at Psalm 100, verse 1 through 5. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. And it's a pattern for thanksgiving. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that madeth and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with, here's the attitude of gratitude, thanksgiving. Into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Praise God. Throughout all of Israel's history, Psalm 100 was known as a psalm of thanksgiving. Jameson Fawcett Brown's commentary calls it a psalm of thankful praise. And one footnote of a commentary says, A hymn inviting people to enter the temple courts with thank offerings for the God who created them and is providing for them. Praise God. Psalm 100 is both a call to worship and an instruction manual on how to worship acceptably. That's why we named this sermon True Thanksgiving. The only way to worship God acceptably is in spirit and in 
truth. It has to begin first in the heart before any words are mouthed and verbalized. It has to start where God sees it, and that's in the heart. Well, we can sing the songs of Zion. We can follow the song leader. But man looketh only on the outward appearance. God looks deeper, doesn't he? He looks on the heart itself. And what we want is a heart filled with gratitude to God for his goodness. And if that is true in the Old Testament with the the covenant-keeping God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how much more should it be true in the new covenant where Jesus Christ has hung on the cross, has paid the penalty for our sin. There should be a reason to thank thank God that is beyond anything and transcends anything of the blessings of, of God's faithfulness to keep the old covenant. We have the old covenant still in effect as far as the blessings of it, but we have the new covenant blessing of Jesus Christ given his life for you and for me. And that's why they call, they call in, in, in some circles the Lord's Supper. When we gather together to receive Holy Communion, the Eucharisto, because Eucharisto means thanksgiving. This is a way of remembering the cross and remembering the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, stimulating us to be filled with love, for him and gratitude to him. Praise God. Amen. I was going to give you a practical illustration while we have time. Wallace Johnson, builder of numerous holiday inn hotels and convalescent hospitals, said, When I was 40 years old, I worked in a sawmill. One morning, the boss told me, You're fired. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a bad thing to get that pink slip and say the job that I was depending on for me and my family, whoever, is suddenly stopped. He said, depressed and discouraged, I felt like the world had caved in on me. It was during the Depression, and my wife and I greatly needed the small wages I'd been earning. When I went home, I told my wife what had happened. She asked, what are you going to do now? I replied, I'm going to mortgage our little home and go into the building business. My first venture was the construction of two small buildings. Within five years, I was a multi-millionaire. Today, if I could locate the man who fired me, I would sincerely thank him for what he did. At the time it happened, I didn't understand why I was fired. Later, I saw it. Listen, as God's unerring and wondrous plan to get me out and into the way of his choosing. Praise God. You know, in retrospect, we can see God doing this. But when it's happening to us, that's when all the questions come. When it was happening to Job, he had, he, he just said, you know, what's, where's God? Why, why is God unfaithful? He's murmuring. He's complaining. Don't be too hard on him. Amen. If I was going through what he was going through to be able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord anyway, we should all remember. Amen. 
Hallelujah. How good God is. And how good God is going to continue to be. David said in Psalm 27, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Not in the sweet by and by, dear friend, but right in the nasty here and now. Amen. Hallelujah. So, let me say this to you today. Andre Cross sang a song, Rat Crouch sang a song before he went to heaven. To God be the glory. The beginning lyric was, How can I say thanks for all the things that you have done for me? Things so undeserved. How can I say thanks? Well, in Psalm 100, we have a pattern here. Listen to it. Amen. We need to passionately praise Him. To begin to truly thank Him, we need to passionately praise Him. That doesn't mean just mouthing words that the song leader is saying. It doesn't mean just reading and, and putting, putting melody to the words written in a hymnal. Someone from their heart wrote those words. We don't always sing it from our heart. However, we need to passionately praise Him. And verse 1 tells us how that is to sound. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Or as one translator puts it, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. It means to shout with the force of a trumpet blast. You know, when Joshua's, uh, when, when Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, as the song says, when he went up to take that city, he told them before any crack in the wall or any crumble, he said, shout, for God has given you the city. And they, by faith, shouted like a trumpet blast. Actually, the word shout there was, was, connotates the blast of a trumpet. It wasn't tepid. It wasn't timid. It was loud and triumphant. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of triumphing in His praise. Praise God. A shout of joy to the Lord that comes from the very depths of our being. Hallelujah. God wants our praise to be passionate, filled with true emotion and true gratitude. Maybe he solved a problem you had. Maybe he's given you a direction to go. Maybe he has provided a blessing and you realize it has come from God. So from the depths of your being, you proclaim your praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, today, in the midst of all this tumult, in the midst of all this trouble, we need to lift up and glorify the name of our Lord. I believe that people are going to see this hope we have in Him, in us, when we passionately praise Him, passionately serve Him, and passionately declare Him when we're asked the reason of our hope. We're told in the New Testament, amen, to be instant in season, out of season. To be, see, see, you never know when an opportunity is going to come, when people see visibly that there's a difference in you. There's a difference in me, in the way we react when everyone else can tell you the reason for their depression, for their, for their absolute hopelessness. Here we are, representing a different king and a different kingdom, but in the same fallen world. 
and in the same faulty bodies. And yet we're praising our King and we're serving Him with gladness. Hallelujah. Amen. It makes all the difference in the world. Amen. When we gladly serve Him, Serve the Lord with gladness, verse 2 says. Serving Jesus shouldn't be a job, friend. It ought to be a joy. Amen. This is the acceptable attitude that qualifies our actions. Matthew Henry's commentary says, This ascribes a rule of worship. Holy joy. Listen, do do we really serve Him with holy joy? It's an honor to Him to rejoice in Him, and we ought to serve Him with holy joy. I like Psalm 122 and verse 1. David said, I was glad (laughs) when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 30, verses 10 through 12. It said, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be Thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning to dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. (laughs) To the end that my glory may sing praise unto thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 118.24. Listen. This is the day. Uh, you, I'm not, you don't wait to see what the day holds or you don't even look to see what happened in that day. But this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's the challenge in this day. Hallelujah. Listen to Isaiah 51, 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert, like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving, see, true thanksgiving, and the voice of melody. Hallelujah. I love the paraphrase. It said, lovely songs of thanksgiving shall fill the air. Hallelujah. Verse 2 Last part of, of our, our, our Psalm 100 says, come before his presence with singing. Come before him with joyful songs. You see, real worship from a grateful heart prepare, prepares the heart for the word of God. I've often called upon our, 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 our singers and our, 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 our instruments, people who play our instruments, uh, to prepare the ground for the planting of the seed. Amen. By worshiping God passionately, not just with volume, but with holy velocity. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, listen, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come before Him with joyful songs, therefore. 
Another passage says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. (laughs) And I can definitely do that. I may not be able to hit the high C and sound perfect, that note perfectly. But it is a joyous sound to God when I lift up my voice and passionately praise Him. Have you noticed in these first three commands, God said, I want you to be happy. I want you to shout with joy and serve with gladness and come before me with joyful songs. Praise God. Amen. The scripture says that that we're to praise him with grateful hearts because he's our creator and our savior, our sovereign king and our gentle shepherd God. Amen. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Glory to God. This Thanksgiving season, this this time of the year when there is a holiday because of God's blessings on our nation, when we were indeed a mostly Christian nation, and certainly, without question, founded upon Judeo-Christian principles and the word of the living God. But friend of mine is a Christian. After Thanksgiving Day, the holiday is over. Our days, this is the day. Every day is that day that we should show gratitude to God and we should show it from the heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if we do... Our praise is transformed into just something, some religious routine that we go through to an actual spiritual sacrifice. It becomes, according to the New Testament, a sweet-smelling savor unto God, like that incense that went up behind the curtain into the very presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The calves of our lips offering praise to Him, something Spiritual occurs when it's from the heart. It's transformed from just words and verbiage, and it becomes an expression of our love for Him and our gratitude to Him, and He receives it as a spiritual sacrifice. Hallelujah. We used to sing it based on the Word of God. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we don't just do it in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day. We do it every single day. I don't get up and say, good Lord morning because of your trouble. Get up and say, good morning, Lord, and declare in the face and in spite of your trouble, this is the day my Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. He'll find a way to get you through that trouble. He'll bring you out of that fiery furnace without the smell of smoke. You won't be tattered. You won't be torn. You won't just, you won't just survive. <laughs> You'll thrive in this crucible of testing right now. And it will be a witness to everyone about you that you serve a God, a man who is genuine. He is real. He is the true and the living God, and Jesus Christ is His Son and our Savior and our Sovereign and our King, and we gladly serve Him and no other. 
Hallelujah. I pray this Thanksgiving season will be a time of great victory in your life and great victory in my life because I choose to thank Him. I choose to glorify His name. I choose to live a life that says unto God, Thank you for all that you've done for me, all that you're doing for me, and oh, all that you're going to do for me throughout all eternity, age without end. Today, if you don't know Jesus, and you're just thinking about, well, I'm going to, you know, I might stop and consider my material blessings. How he, you know, if there is a God, I'll say, hey, I'll tip my hat to him. I'll have a little moment of silence before gobbling till I wobble. No, friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the Scripture says of you, whether you're living the high life right now or whether you are in a terrible, terrible, dark place in your life, that ultimately you're without hope because you're without God in this present world. But that can change right here in this holy moment. Not only for this world, but for all eternity. And today I pray you will run to Him. That you will run to God and confess your sin and repent of it. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, your Sovereign and your King. And let the Lord become your shepherd to take you through this world with all of the all of the problems and all of the pitfalls and all of the dangers. Take you in the face of the certainty of death and keep you and give you peace and bless you and keep his promise to never leave you and come for you when the trumpet sounds. In Jesus' name, amen.